We thought HS2 was history, but now there's talk of a revival of the high-speed rail line under a new government. Is this a real prospect, or just upbeat pre-election vibes? I'm David Tame, Analysis Editor at Place North. In today's Place podcast, we're exploring the chances of reviving HS2, whether controversial planning applications suddenly got a lot harder to win, and the prospects for the latest Northern Film Studio plans. When, in October 2023, Prime Minister Rishi Sunak announced the death of the HS2 line north of Birmingham, he ordered the sell-off of the land and property needed for the northern legs of the high-speed train network. This looked like salting the earth, making it impossible to revive the project under another government. But, four months on, nothing's been sold. According to The Guardian and many who think like them, that makes a revival of HS2 possible, does it? First things first, selling off HS2 property assets requires the government to take the legal steps necessary to remove its special protection. This hasn't happened yet. So no surprise at all that nothing has been sold. It's not currently possible to sell it. Supposing the legal protection is removed, it'll then take a little longer to package and market the sites. Now, many of these sites are not going to be an easy sell anyway, because one day a railway might go through them. Planning blight, that's what that amounts to. And it arises because nobody's quite sure what the Labour Party would do if they were in government. Would they stop sales mid-transaction? Or insist on renegotiation? Or perhaps insist on compulsorily repurchasing anything sold? Only casino-minded purchasers are going to bid for land with those kind of risks attached. Result? No land sales. So the lack of land sales doesn't imply anything much about the future of HS2. However, there are two straws in the wind worth watching. One large and fairly visible, the other smaller and more speculative. The more speculative one is in the form of Liverpool City Region's Mayor Steve Rotherham. He's indicated he'll stand for re-election in May, but jungle drums say Rotherham's political journey may not end with the Liverpool City Region morality. Rotherham is tipped for a ministerial job from Labour if it forms the next government. Transport would be the obvious brief. Now, supposing any of that comes to pass, might it help breathe some urgency into HS2 or the various private sector replacement projects now being mulled by regional metro mayors? Remember that just before Christmas, Andy Burnham and Andy Street, mayors of Greater Manchester and the West Midlands, commissioned Arup and an inquiry led by infrastructure expert Sir David Higgins to look at ways to enhance connectivity between Birmingham and Manchester. The bigger straw in the wind, or a log in the wind really, is money. Labour has been cautious about committing to future spending. This allergy is so powerful, even the long-touted £28 billion green economic transformation plan is being repriced. Given this hesitancy, why would Labour commit as much or more to HS2? And remember, but by the time HS2 was chopped late last year, Costs had risen to north of £25 billion a year. On the other hand, most of that spending is already committed. It's for the London to Birmingham phase. The Birmingham to Crewe and Manchester sections won't start to be seriously expensive for another few years, which means after another general election. Either way, it's hard to see why a Labour government with a long list of priorities should put HS2 at the top of its spending commitment list. Capacity issues on the West Coast mainline will get worse, yet budgets are super tight. If a private select sector solution with mayoral backing 
can make some headway, Labour might smile on it. But governments of any colour will want to be sure that if a private sector solution goes bust, residual liabilities don't land back in the Treasury's lap. For now, the North's transport infrastructure needs will have to be met without the comfort blanket provided by HS2, whatever vibes politicians claim to feel. Who's going up and who is going down this week? Let's take a ride in the Place North elevator. Doors closing, going up. Are super controversial planning applications about to enter a new hell zone at the hands of heritage groups and local campaigners? There are some who think the cash crisis now afflicting local councils could mean just that. The logic goes like this. Financially stretched councils are unable to afford legal opinions or potentially the judicial reviews necessary to fend off objections to commercial approvals. Anxiety has been prompted by a case in Birmingham. It's Birmingham City Council's decision to reconsider approval of CEG's plans to demolish a chunk of the brutalist city centre at Smallbrook. CEG wants to replace it with 1,750 apartments. The council's rethink follows a loud campaign to save the existing 1960s block, which included judicial review threats the council would find it expensive to defend. Decisions on Smallbrook are due soon, and the outcome will be closely watched across the north. Meantime, if there's a problem for planning caused by council budgets, the people subplot are spoken to say that it's the lack of money, meaning the planning system hasn't enough senior staff, and in the hands of junior staff, the planning system gets more random and harder to predict. Hollywood comes to Hull? Maybe it will, thanks to the latest proposals for around 20,000 square feet of soundstage on a site at Priory Park, Hull. The project is the creation of local independent producer Northern Film. Hull is not alone in taking its first steps in the film industry. CBRE reckons there's about 11 million square feet of development in the UK studio pipeline. And the list of Northern projects is growing. Remember that two months ago, plans for something much larger landed in Sunderland. Fullwell Kane, a joint venture involving uh, mighty property business Kane International, revealed plans for about 1.7 million square feet of studio space, including no less than 20 sound stages. The Crown Works studios will be a big coup for Wearside. The trouble is there's a long history of upbeat announcements about North of England film and TV studio developments and much less evidence of actual development on anything like the same scale. If you follow the tortured economics of the film and TV business, you'll know that consolidation is taking place with Netflix assuming an ever more dominant position and others like Warner looking for new strategies. It's not clear that's going to mean more film and TV production, although it probably means there's pressure to do it cheaper. That could be what kicks some of the long list of Northern Film production plans into life. So that's it for this week. We've trembled with HS2 revival vibes, watched the risks rise a little for controversial planning applications, and perhaps seen the chances improve for Northern Film Studios. For more about the built environment in the North, visit placenorth.co.uk. I'm David Tame. Thank you for listening.